Movies and Booze on Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer on News Talk. Yes, you're very welcome back. It is indeed Movies and Booze, and we are joined in studio by Dean McGuinness, Finola Jones, and uh, Deirdre Malumbi. Lovely to see you all. Hello, Hello. Guys. come along. How are you doing? Uh, I, I, I have a recurring dream that this is just my life all the time. <laughs> Finding this room, these drinks, these films. If only, if only. <laughs> I've, I've had worse dreams, I'll tell you now. Um, right then, uh, Dean, you're on a beer. Uh, yep, we've got some beers today. So we, we have two beers that are in danger of disappearing off the shelves along with 600 other products because of the new deposit return scheme. Um, How is that? Uh, there is a requirement to have a little logo on the can. And uh, if you're getting cans printed up, you need to get about 250,000 to a half a million cans printed at a time. So if there's just kind of a, a few hundred cases being brought into a country, then, you know, a brewery won't dream of putting the logo on the can. Now, you can put a sticker on the can. That's what I was just going to say, yes. Yeah, you can put a sticker on the can, which means that you need to rip the plastic off the can throw it away and get new plastic and put it on the can because it's an environmental initiative. Uh, So if they keep the rule uh, to have the logo on the can, which at the moment, and please everybody be nice to your retailers, at the moment they're breaking that rule um, because uh, some cans have the logo on it, but some cans are registered and they don't have the logo on it. And lots of retailers are getting grief from customers and it's not the retailer's fault um, because they're charging a deposit on something without the logo on it and all the ads are saying that it needs to have the logo on it. At the moment, it is possible possible to be charged the deposit on a can without the logo on it and you should get your money back then when you return it but there's a lot of confusion about this. A lot this. of confusion about the sounds and which my word. What they need to do is just take the requirement in Malta they've just uh, added one word to the rule which is uh, you need to register the barcode and you need to have a logo on the can brackets optional. Right. That if you can have the logo, great. If you can't, then that's okay. But they will as take the back the cans. Yeah. Anyway, and refund your deposit, which is the, the that's thing. that's what, right. that's the because otherwise thing. that's that's an existential threat to those beers, isn't it? Well, basically, yeah. You've got um, some companies uh, that are um, bringing in. I was talking to one company where there are two employees worth of beer falling off their list, so that's potentially two people who lose their job, and that's a small company. Um, so, and again, all that needs to change is for them to take off the requirement for this logo, right? Which is what they've done already. They've made it optional at the moment until the end of May, but then they're making it requirement again. Okay, well, hopefully common anyway, sense will be anyway, before that. We've got um, some nice ideas. the risk is that, that these, which are kind of slightly more niche beers, and more of them will disappear, which is yeah. what the whole point of, of and also so some people are bringing in been. some people are bringing in beers uh, to keep the price of beer quite reasonable. So uh, yeah. for certain beers, they're much cheaper in the UK. So there are companies that import them over from the UK and sell them at a cheaper price, and they okay. won't be able to do it either. God, it's complicated. Which beers are these? Anyway? We have got two very cool craft beers from Sweden. We have Popples Hazy IPA, uh, and that we sounds have, like a Jimi Hendrix song. <laughs> <laughs> And the next one would be even better. Uh, it's J. Dr. Raptor, uh, double oh IPA. Word. So we're looking at innovation <laughs> and IPAs. Uh, they're, they're really cool beers. They're lovely. These are very strong beers, aren't they? Uh, they're a bit above average. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Popples is a 6.5% hazy IPA and the Dr. Raptor is an 8.2%. And the ironic thing as well, people who buy these beers, they buy one or two cans at a time, as opposed to buying 24 cans in a slab. So yeah. there's less... 
waste because they're drinking less beer. Right. Um, so if people, if these cans fall, fall off the shelves... We'll try and delay uh, tasting our beer for as long as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Deirdre, what films are we looking at this week? So we were talking about Madam Web, which is the latest of this, you know, superhero genre. Are we all fatigued by these kind of movies at this I'd point? I was Let's fatigued see. by the superhero genre about six years ago. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> they're, they're trying to keep it going, but who knows where the future of this is. And the second movie I'll be talking about is Bob Marley, One Love. So the latest in this kind yeah, of... great expectation there, biopic. isn't there? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, everything I've heard has been really good. The music sounds great from it. Oh, it's it, the music is fantastic. I, I had kind of, I did enjoy it. And I found it really weird that when I went online that it got such negative critics reviews. But actually the audience scores have been much higher. Higher, which is kind of saying something, I think. But I'll get into that when I talk yeah. about the review. Look forward to it. And uh, Fanula, in the world of um, just celebrity and everything else, before we go to that, mm. can I just ask you off-piste, because uh, I was admiring your jacket. Oh, thank you, yes. Have you watched any of the new look at all? Any of the new the new look? Yeah. No, I actually haven't. What is that? It's the thing on, on I think it's on uh, Disney or Apple. Or it's, Apple. Sorry, it's, now that you're saying it, it's vaguely yeah. ringing a fire about it, but I still haven't Dior, seen it. Dior versus Chanel. Okay. The backstory in World War Two okay. and how they were both working with the Germans yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I just thought, right. Okay, I'll add right. to the list. I just thought you'd seen it on the, that's why with you're the jacket. the jacket. No, I yeah. just, this is, this is just, just how I dress. <laughs> It's very cool. Thank you. Um, the big news is about the Fantastic Four, isn't it? Yes. Speaking of superhero fatigue, we have, we have our third iteration of the Fantastic Four. But I'm actually, like, I'm not a, really a superhero gal by any means, but I have this kind of affinity with the Fantastic Four. I don't know why. I was like 10 when the first uh, iteration came out with Jess Galba. We were talking about it before we, we came on air. This is the third iteration. and I think it's going to be kind of cl- the closest to the comics from what I've gathered from the teaser. So just a background on if people aren't familiar with the background of Fantastic Four, they were the first characters created for Marvel Comics by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Um, And it's, I think they're trying to hit the tone a bit more this time around. They released the poster this week and it seems like it's going to be set in the 60s. So maybe a bit more of a fun vibe. Anyway, in terms of the casting, it's kind of been the worst kept secret in Hollywood because Pedro Pascal was linked to Mr. Fantastic from October. I think that's when that news leaked. So he's confirmed he's playing Miss Fantastic, a.k.a. Reed Richards. Vanessa Kirby is playing Sue Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. She would have been seen recently in the most recent Mission Impossibles. We've Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm, a.k.a. The Human Torch. He plays Eddie in Stranger Things. Uh, and then Eben Moss Backrack plays Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing, who people know as Cousin Richie, Love of My Life from The Bear. I'm really excited about that casting. I think it's going to be good. I have to say, without knowing much about the Fantastic Four, that casting is off the clock. It's brilliant. Like, it's, I think... I wouldn't care what they were doing. I'd watch it. It's, I, like, there are question marks about Joseph Quinn, but I think everything else is kind of spot on. I would watch Pedro Pascal paint a house, to be he honest. He is so. most famous from The Last of Us. Yeah, but just like a brilliant actor. It'd be interesting to see how he takes on this kind of superhero role. Um, it's coming out 2025. We have a bit to wait. So it's July 25th, 2025. I And I really think Marvel are kind of looking at this as like a hard reset because uh, fantastic. But I think what they're suggesting is that this film is going to take place in kind of a parallel universe yeah. where none of the other superhero stuff has happened. So there's So people can come in fresh, essentially. There's no such thing as you know, I have to know all the backstory of all these other different superheroes. Well, we're you know doomed. what I mean? We're doomed. If you we'd need, doomed, if you need yeah, to know your case. back hero stories in the superhero, <laughs> forget about it. Yeah. You'd go back in time. Yeah, it's truly. impossible. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Kirby as well, she'll always be Princess Margaret, wasn't she? Yes, yeah. She was an orphan of the crown. Yeah. And then Yvonne Moss 
Bacharach. Is he the main guy in the bear? He's, no, he's uh, your man's cousin, Jeremy Allen White's cousin. He's Carmi's. Well, they're not actually technically related, yeah. but like they're friends and he's kind of, like, initially he's like the main antagonist because he's like sick of Carmi coming in and doing different things at the restaurant. Goes off and trains yes. in Sweden or something. One of the best episodes of television ever. I'd say I think about it once a week. Like it's just, <laughs> if anyone hasn't watched The Bear, oh my God, it's brilliant. His character development and everything and he just brings such a heart yes. thrall. I'm obsessed. I think about it once a week. <laughs> I do. I, I, I do. Seen, oh, so the tailors have seen. Oh, perfection. Oh yeah. If you know yeah, it so, all. I did also interesting fact. Um, that is the most successful movie franchise in Hollywood history. Yeah. There you go. Which one? There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Dean, you've 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 if you're not getting the bonus points there. Um, yeah. Fantastic Four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people wouldn't know that. Yeah. I'm amazed for that. Um, before we go on to our first beer, are you going to tell us news about Barry Keoghan as well? Yes. Um, I had had a few drinks when I saw this um, news come in last night and I, I was like, why is Barry Keoghan playing Saddam Hussein? But he's not playing Saddam Hussein. He's just in, he's been casting a film about Saddam Hussein's last days. Uh, Can you imagine? I, I was like, what the hell? Anyway, so the film is called Amo Saddam. It's a new film from the Chernobyl director, Johan Rank. About, it's about the final days of Saddam Hussein and Keoghan's playing this American soldier who's guarding... Um, the ousted Iraqi dictator in the final months before his trial and execution. It's based on a book by Will Bardenworfer called The Prisoner in His Palace, Saddam Hussein, His American Guards and What History Leaves Unsaid. That's a long name for a book, isn't it? It is a very long name for a book, yeah. But um, again, Barry just taking these very interesting roles. Ah, um, they haven't cast uh, who's going to play Saddam Hussein. I know Renka said he's looking yeah. for a good actor from the region who can speak Arabic. Um, Barry so, yeah. is a man you'd want in any film, though. And I'd say directors over the world are saying... Can I get him? This is because he's just so good at playing little weirdos. Like, you know what I mean? Though. He's the hottest property in Hollywood at the minute because yeah. he just, he's not afraid to get into kind of weird roles, you know? So And he has a look though, doesn't he? He just, this, he just, absolutely, loves yeah. Him very, there's something yeah. about him that just, is, oh, so striking visually. Yeah, like, very, very, very. Have you seen the, um, the, the flight one he's in at the moment? The Master of the Air. Yeah. My sister started it and she didn't love it, I don't think. I think it's a boys action drama. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have any interest in planes or any of that. Do you oh, know what I mean? Are. Leave them off. Sorry. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. Oh, You're B-17. loving it, I'd say. Love every no. moment of it. I'll start that look thing and you can keep watching the planes. Yeah, and I was reading about it as well. It's one of the most researched things in the history of the universe. They were saying that when you look, uh, I can tell, I better look over to the other side of the room now. <laughs> 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 Apparently, when you look out the windows of the plane, they're the actual planes that would have been flying side by side of that plane. There's, and when a sh- plane is shot down, it's shot down in the exact way that actual plane was shot down in World War Two. They've done that level of research. It's just that is interesting. Oh, thank God. He was, uh, <laughs> he was uh, in a recent Bumble ad for Valentine's Day. I don't know if you saw that oh, one on yes. Instagram. So that's one for the ladies. Yeah, one for the ladies, yeah. I redeem myself there at the research at the end, thank God. As you can tell, we're probably ready for a beer now. <laughs> yeah, that's been hard work. You definitely deserve a break. So on to the first beer, right? So the first one we've got is Popple's Hazy IPA. Now we did IPAs a, a few times ago on the show, and I realised I was starting to sound like somebody who uses uh, three-letter acronyms all the time or TLAs. Um, so uh, I'm going to try and slow down a little bit on on IPAs because I was chatting to a friend who said that she was literally on Google as I was talking, looking up all of the abbreviations that I was using. IPA is India Pale Ale. 
And the first one is credited to a guy called George Hodgson of the Bow Brewery about 200 years ago. He brewed a pale ale, lots of hops, and shipped it off to India, and it was really popular in India. At the time, it wasn't called India Pale Ale. It was just a pale ale that was shipped to the Indian colonies. And then a whole pile of people copied him, and then people started trying to describe the style of the beer, and they said it's a pale ale like you would see in the Indian colonies or an India pale ale. So that's where the name came from. Um, What's happened with IPA is it's become the... um, most popular style of craft beer. And when something becomes popular in craft, what happens is it starts to divide down and people start uh, tweaking it and changing it and doing different versions of it. So the two beers that we've got today are two different versions of IPA. Uh, The first one is called a hazy IPA, and it's a style that first came out within about the last seven to ten years in New England in the United States. What they said was you have what's called a West Coast IPA, which was made popular around the California area. And the hops they use in that tend to give a kind of a citrusy pine, lemon, lime and pine flavor. And then there tends to be a lot of bitterness in it. Over on the East Coast, they decided to go at it in a different way. And they used uh, kind of more uh, tropical fruit hops, uh, hops that give uh, stone fruit flavours like peach and apricot. Uh, They brought down the bitterness a huge amount. And because they were using so much hops, the the beer tended to be hazy as a result of the hops. So it's become a kind of a new style of IPA called New England IPA or hazy IPA. And this is an example of it. Very good. I can see it's hazy because it literally is hazy. It's cloudy. A a kind of a ghostly golden colour. Yeah, it has a, a kind of a, uh, as, as you look through it, if, if you ever want to, to look at haze in beer, if you get a torch and shine it through, if there's haze, you'll see the beams of the torch. And if there isn't, it'll go straight through the beer. Um, with this, it'll literally light up like fo- uh, headlights in fog. Um, because the, the, why, the, why do they make it so strong? Uh, with IPA, the original IPAs were about 55 to 7.5%. And uh, one of the reasons why they became so popular in India was that when they were travelling to the Indian colonies, they had to go a very long distance across the equator and through a whole pile of different temperatures. Um, So when the beer had higher strength and also when the beer had a lot of hops in the beer, uh, both of those things protected the beer from uh, spoiling okay. on the on the trip. So when it got to India, it was a beer that hadn't spoiled and it was a much more pleasant beer to, to drink. So because that's the style, they've kept that style. Now, that being said, with IPAs, because they've become so popular, they've stretched everything in IPAs. So an IPA is meant to be a pale beer, but you've got a black IPA and a red IPA, which is black and red in colour just because they want to change it. On the alcohol content, you've got a session IPA, which is down around kind of 35 to 5%. The next beer that we'll be doing is a double IPA, which is at the 75 to 10%, and then sometimes you get triple IPA. This one is 6.5, is it? 6.5, yep. Beautiful smell. Mm. It smells gorgeous. You've tasted it already. Delicious. Peachy, apricot, Expand on that there now, come on. <laughs> Just what Dean said, peachy apricot. <laughs> the usual. Uh, vanilla and marshmallow type flavours as well. There's a kind of a creamy vanilla flavour to it. I was just going to say creamy and, uh, what was that thing you said? <laughs> <laughs> pineapple and banana as well. You were, going, you were going to say pineapple and banana. I could see it on, on, yeah. on the tip of your tongue. Completely delicious is uh, what it, I would yeah, say. They've yeah, done a lovely job yeah. yeah. I saw. The, I don't know if you saw the, the uh, programme on the Guinness Brewery recently at the factory called that okay. kind of series 
The, the yeast they were using to, to brew the Guinness is 100 years old. I yeah, couldn't eff- get over it. Effectively, the yeast, it, it's a living thing yeah. and it's reused again and again and again. Now, they, they will have to start up a yeast culture. So what they'll do is um, they'll have yeast and in a large brewery, the yeast is put under a huge amount of pressure um, because it has to work harder than in a, in a small brewery. Um, so uh, in Guinness, what they'll have is the, the Guinness will, t- uh, the, the yeast will last about five to eight generations. So they'll use it about five or eight times. In a smaller brewery, you might get about 10 to 20 generations out of uh, a yeast. But they put it in and at the end of the fermentation, you'll end up with about two to two and a half times as much yeast because it multiplies as it goes through it. And if it's an ale, it'll be four to six times as much yeast. And then they'll take that yeast and use it in the next batch. Uh, it seems um, to be kept in, it looked like liquid nitrogen. Uh, yeah, they'll the keep it. Uh, if, if you cool it down, it effectively goes to sleep. And the other kind of cool thing about yeast is that they didn't understand what it was. So in the, the Reinheitsgebot, which is 500 years, 510 years old about now, um, uh, they only had three ingredients. They had water, barley and hops because they didn't know the yeast exists because they didn't have microscopes to be able to see it. Um, but if you go back and look at historical um, uh, documents about how beer was brewed, often what happened is they'd stir the beer with a stick and they didn't realise, they thought it was a magic stick, but there was yeast all over the stick. Hilarious. So when they stirred it, the yeast <laughs> went into the into the beer and that was how the fermentation kicked off uh, or, you know, there was kind of different things like that amazing. that they just didn't understand. Um, I find it amazing that you'd be, tr- you'd be enjoying the same yeast that your dad and your granddad and your great-granddad would have all enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very yeah. sentimental. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Um, a shout out for the Irish made Indian pale ale from Roadworks Brewing Company. Zero alcohol. Oh great! Yeah, I was I was asked about uh, an IPA with zero alcohol, and I was asked uh, what the flavour would be like, and the answer is if you've got a, a zero alcohol IPA. It will have a different flavour profile because alcohol does two things. Um, when you're tasting alcohol, uh, you'll taste uh, sweet, bitter and heat. They're the kind of three things. So if you've got a whiskey, you'll get a lot of heat in sure. the whiskey. Um, but there's also an amount of sweetness and bitterness. And it also tends to carry flavour a little bit. So uh, low alcohol IPA, they balance that out by putting in a lot more hops and building up the flavour that way. And they can do a really good job. Very with good. It. That was a man in Dublin, by the way, said, yeah. uh, I've had to forgo alcohol and it's been an absolute revelation. Yeah. So yeah. wonderful. Movies and booze are Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk. A week ago, I spent my life racing against time. I'm going to help you out today, okay? Trying to save people who are running out of it. Until one moment changed everything. Come on! Welcome back to the land of the living. I don't understand what's happening. I've been having visions. I knew he was going to die. I think I'm seeing the future. New York City is a whole new level of crazy these days. So that's a clip from Madam Webb with uh, Dakota Johnson. Three women destined for powerful futures, but can they survive a deadly present? That is the question. Can the movie survive? (laughs) (laughs) All the bad reviews. You really liked this, didn't you? Oh, it was... This movie was just a disaster from start to finish. I remember watching the 
opening scene um, where we see a, a pregnant woman in the forests of uh, Peru um, analyzing spiders. She has this conversation with her colleague, and I just was watching it, thinking the dialogue in this is really bad, and the acting is quite poor. And I wonder if this is going to be the rest of the movie. And so it was. So <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's a pretty dire movie. Uh, the dialogue is awful. It's probably the worst super villain I've ever seen in a superhero movie, which is saying something. Um, to how uh, to how Rahim uh, plays this character called Ezekiel. And I quite like this actor. I saw him in The Mauritanian, which I think was out a couple of years ago, and he's quite good in this. But for whatever reason, he just couldn't act in this movie. The character was so dull and unoriginal that his dialogue sounded weirdly dubbed. I don't know exactly what happened there. And even Dakota Johnson, for all her charms, and I do sometimes find myself asking myself, is Dakota Johnson actually a good actress? Because she does have this very like cool girl, like naturalistic style. But then sometimes I wonder, is she actually taking the dialogue seriously or is she being like almost slightly sarcastic (laughs) with it or something? I think you would have even picked that up actually from the clip that just played there. Uh, But yeah, not even she could save this absolutely disaster. I haven't heard uh, both barrels being discharged so uh, joyfully in a long time. Um, You really don't have anything good to say here. No, no. Unfortunately, it it was just such a mess from start to finish. I mean, it's just, it's poor quality filmmaking. The CGI was really ropey in it. It's poorly edited. The Pepsi product placement in this movie is embarrassing. So there's a a scene kind of towards the start of the movie where um, she goes to a barbecue and she's drinking Pepsi and the car Characters are kind of making this weirdly big deal about the fact that she's not having alcohol, which I'm like, okay, we're trying to draw attention to the Pepsi can. I see what you're doing there, Pepsi. But then the finale takes place on top of a Pepsi factory and the P-E-P-S-I are actually like falling like onto the characters on the screen. And I was like, there could not be more product placement. But then after that, there's a finale where they get takeout and they also have Pepsi cans. I mean, I'd be too traumatized to order Pepsi after that. But apparently these characters are still drinking in it. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) the acting is poor. None of the characters are interesting. No one really has anything to do. So we primarily follow uh, Dakota Johnson's uh, character, Cassandra Webb. See what they did there. Classic. Um, brilliant. <laughs> so she kind of, the whole idea of her character is she is a paramedic who suddenly starts to get glimpses of the future. She can also time travel. And actually, uh, my, my husband, who uh, I dragged to this movie because I didn't want to go see it on my own. Um, but he said, I wish that I could have gotten glimpses of the future so I could have avoided this movie. <laughs> Which was a better line than anything in the movie. <laughs> so Very anyway, good. she has this vision when she's sitting on a train of this man attacking attacking these three teenage girls. So she proceeds to like um, drag the girls off the train. Then they're pursued by this man and she puts the girls into hiding. But she just, it's just a great example of child endangerment because at one point she puts them in a forest and leaves them there and she's like don't move but she's left them in a forest and it becomes like nightfall and of course they wander off they're teenagers then later in the movie she leaves them on their own in a motel in spite of the fact that there's this man pursuing them and then later still she just leaves the country goes to Peru without them it is just the most obscure thing and I am sorry if I'm giving away a lot of this movie but I haven't given away a lot of the plot in fairness just like little kind of um, details like that and it's weird she is she doesn't have any superpowers either so it's arguable about how much of a superhero movie this is but instead she just just does her power is seeing the future is it yeah it's just seeing okay. the future and like kind of trying to attack the bad guy but not doing it very well she she sometimes drives into him in a car 
we're in an ambulance and that seems to work. I don't know. It's just so strange. Uh, but it's not. Um, and it's also giving the paramedic community a bad reputation. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. Not but, the paramedic community. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, I almost found that, like, I was laughing at it. I found it enjoyably bad. Like, you know, the room, like, level yeah. bad. But my husband did leave the cinema angry at how bad oh, it was. Oh, he said no, to the no, end, no, though. No, I made him stay. Right, but we didn't yeah. stay for any, like, of these post-credits. God, I feel we didn't want to know what came Fair next, enough. You know? <laughs> I feel we should invite Dakota Johnson on to defend herself at this point. It feels well, like in, I, in the interest of balanced broadcasting, somebody should need to say a good word. Uh, have you any I good words, Stephanie? You, you're a fan of Dakota. I haven't seen it, but even from watching her on the press tour, I feel like she is mentally checked out and is annoyed that she signed up for. It. And your question about whether she's a good actor, I think she's an incredible celebrity. I think she gives. There was there's one press interview tour she's or interview she's giving as part of promoting the film, and like an earthquake happens and she's just like wow she's just not perturbed by it at all it's she's fascinating but I just I think this was this is a bit of a misstep for her I think she'll recover I think it'll become kind of so bad it's good canon in like 10 years but I think it is a shame because we still have so few female-led superhero Mm. movies like I was trying to count them the other day and I think we've had Wonder Woman Captain Marvel this and Birds of Prey and like a couple of sequels in there and that's it in terms of female-led superhero movies and the the sad thing is filmmakers and producers are going to watch this and be like oh the problem is that it was you know female-led both in front of the uh, camera and behind it but that wasn't the issue the issue was I think anyway uh, mostly down to the skirt this film had something like Uh, five uh, people working on the script and three people on the story. And when you have that many, you know, people working on the screenplay, like there's a reason why the best screenplay actor, uh, sorry, best screenplay Oscar goes to one person, not five people. Not a team. Dakota Johnson, you were saying, is um, Tippi Hedren's Grand God, granddaughter. Granddaughter, that's it. Which is amazing, you know. Tippi Hedren from The Birds. Yeah. I'm, I'm stunned by that. Gorgeous family as well. Yeah, Stunning. totally. Um, so d- don't be going to that one is the uh, sounds <laughs> of that. Um, I'll give you a quick unpopular opinion. Um, I'm very much over Barry Keoghan playing weirdos in movies. I think I might be in the vast majority, minority. What do you think? Um, but he's so good at it. Like he's so good at it. He's so good at it. And like he did kind of try the superhero thing with the Eternals, which I haven't watched. My sister was obsessed with it, but I don't think anyone else watched it. I think it kind of flopped. So I don't know if he has just has any interest in those kind of quote unquote leading man roles, but he's still so early in his career. Like he has time to do kind of, you know, I'd love to see him do a few rom-coms, do a few weird old rom-coms, you know? Yeah, it's all, it's all to play for. He it's can, all do, he can do whatever he wants. He can literally he? do whatever he wants. Yeah, Towards his oyster. What a place to be in. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. She's going to be in Dune. I keep calling it Dune 2, but it's actually Dune Part 2. This was like long rumoured, I think. Yeah. Um, but it was actually Letterboxd. If anyone uses Letterboxd, it's it's like an app that you can review. You you know, you go watch movies and you give your own kind of reviews, whatever. It's very fun. They had put up something about her having a credit on it and kind of whipped it off fairly quickly before it was confirmed. But she went to the London premiere, which happened last night. She was there with Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya and all the rest of them. No idea who she's playing. I'm also not super familiar with the Dune universe. I wasn't reading the book too long. Another Happy universe. Free Wall, but another day, another universe. Yeah. Lads. <laughs> but I will say the initial reviews coming in for Dune Part Two, it's out uh, over here in March, I think. Very, very good. Very, very good review so far. So Great you're stuff. into that and you're looking She's fascinating. Really she's another one who's just absolutely fascinating looking from the moment you saw her yeah. in Queen's Gambit. Yeah. She's camera loves her. She's yeah. interesting, intriguing looking. Yeah. 
the fashion for this uh, for Dune 2 is, for Dune Part 2 as well has been because re- Zendaya was there and she was wearing I think it was Mugler but it's like a real robot cyborg yeah. kind of she could not walk in it but she looked absolutely incredible it was a lot of commitment to the theme I appreciate it Very good uh, and then there's this lad who I'd never heard of before um, You've he never heard of Travis Kelsey? Before you met Taylor Swift oh, never okay. so I was like, <laughs> I was like I envy you John Dunn I envy you not knowing the name Travis Kelsey <laughs> Um, I do know he's one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Yeah, but he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend, more important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Plus one. So, he yeah. should just change the name to plus one and get it over. Yeah. <laughs> but um, now he's adding film producer to his... He just seems to move so fast. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't in the scene two weeks ago and now suddenly he's a film producer. I know, mad. Yeah, he's uh, he's executive producer on this movie called My Dead Friend Zoe. It's an indie movie. It's heading to South by Southwest. Actually, is a decent cast. Soniqua Martin-Green, uh, Natalie Morales, Ed Harris and Morgan Freeman. It's like his first... Four-inch movies. It's very low budget. Uh, it's the first movie I think using President Biden's renewable energy tax credits to finance the film. That's such a weird sentence. I know. You know yeah, that. insane. I love my job. Um, it's uh, the, one of the other producers on it. He's a green. How it basically works is how did, there's this other green energy entrepreneur, Mike Field, and he sold surplus tax credits, so they're using that money to finance the film. Um, but it's interesting because Taylor is also in the world of films now. She is a film coming out with Searchlight. I don't right. think we've. Um, they're, the details on that are kind of scanty, but we had it, it was announced last year, so I would imagine that'll be coming soon because right. she's very she's very prolific at the minute. So I would imagine a lot in that. I need to just sit down and lie down actually yeah. to try and take yeah. on board him for a start. Now film producer, <laughs> President renewable Biden's, energy credits, there's a lot President there. Biden. <laughs> so so I'll go. just let me inwardly process yeah. that. Thank you very much indeed. Movies and booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk. Um, I think we need another drink after. Okay, yeah, calm us down. <laughs> calm the nerves. So our second beer is Ilse Dr. Raptor. Now, uh, first thing to say about this, the cans that they've done on these beers are superb. They've got a, a kind of a cartoon bird theme going. So they have a, a range of different beers uh, touched down with a, a bird in a kind of American football out, uh, uh, outfit. Um, they have a, a superb owl. Um, again, American football, Super Bowl um, for a 0.0% beer. This one is a bit on the other end of the scale, 8.2%. And Dr. Raptor is kind of a, a mad scientist bird mixing up a, a potion in a in a laboratory. Double IPA. First thing to say about it is the colour. Um, this is what would... Smithix goes through my mind. Yes, this is what would have <laughs> qualified for pale historically. Yeah. Um, so if you were talking about a pale beer, it was kind of this deep, uh, dark amber colour. And uh, the colour comes from the moulds that are used and they use uh, mid-colour moulds to get this colour. Uh, those mid-colour moulds give um, toffee, caramel uh, type flavours. Uh, relatively sweet beer. And um, interestingly enough, in terms of bitterness, there's a scale for bitterness called the International Bitterness Unit Scale, uh, IBUs. Um, For the first beer that we tasted, it was uh, 20 IBUs. Um, This one is 75, four times. Oh, my word. So it's technically four times the bitterness, but there's a lot of sweetness in there and the sweetness balances out so it doesn't come uh, through as strong. A certain amount of fruitiness in it as well. And uh, that fruitiness is kind of coming through as uh, Christmas pudding, Christmas cake type fruitiness. Uh, raisins, cherries, um, and uh, a bit of spice, nutmeg, and cinnamon as it's well. It's delicious. Have you tried it yet? Yeah. 
really nice. Now, very strong, obviously. It's, yeah, you, and, and you can kind of... Sometimes beers are sinful in how much they mask the alcohol. This doesn't taste overpowering, but you can tell that it's... Gives you it's, a warmth kind of, going yeah, down. You it's almost like warmth, having yeah. a whiskey or yeah, something. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things about alcohol. It's one of the, the, the flavours that you saw. And that temperature we're having, it's about room temperature, really, isn't it? Yeah, a little, it's, it's a little bit warmer. Um, uh, now, again, people will uh, serve beers at, at different temperatures. Um, it's uh, uh, kind of a touch warmer for this type of beer. Um, the kind of toffee caramel will come through a little bit stronger when uh, it's a little bit warmer. But if you were to chill that down, there's loads of flavour in it and you'd still get quite an amount of flavour. When you reduce the temperature in beer, it tends to reduce the amount of flavour that you get. Um, part of the reason for it is that a lot of the flavour that you get, you get in your nose. And what has to oh, okay. happen is that the flavour molecules have to get released from the beer. Sure. And that happens easier when the beer is slightly warmer. Okay. Uh, so you get the flavour much Very easier. good. So just to remind people again with their calls, so if they're looking for them over so, the weekend. Uh, Ilts J Dr. Raptor is the double IPA and the one that we tasted earlier was Popple's Hazy India Pale Ale. They're generally available, are they? Uh, yeah, you'd be looking at the uh, specialty beer stores so in Dublin, uh, the likes of Lilac Wines and uh, Redmond's, uh, uh, Martins in Fairview, um, uh, down in Cork, uh, Matson's um, and... Uh, 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 on North Main Street uh, as well. There's a great off licence okay. there. Great stuff. Thanks, Dane, for that. Uh, we're going to take a look at our second film. Now, the previous review on the International Bitterness Units uh, scored about a 90, <laughs> I think. So, dear, do we see how you get on with this one now? This is better. A, I would hope so. It's a bit of Bob Marley. There's a war going on. You can't separate the music and the message. Because every day we pay the and what is the message? Peace. Oh, life is worth much more than love. Bob, they try to kill you and your wife. And now you're choosing to return to Jamaica to play a peace concert? Don't you fear for your life? I didn't realise there was such drama in it. Um, I didn't know about the, the attempt on his life and stuff. Um, yeah. It's more than just a story of, of one man and his music then. Yeah, that's right. So I suppose this kind of takes the usual like musical biopic route, which we've seen in kind of, you know, quite a few, you know, movies that have proven very popular recently, like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, etc. Um, but this one is a bit different in that rather than trying to, I suppose, summarize all of Bob Marley's life, it takes like this very kind of specific uh, part of his life. So it's kind of bookended by... Um, two concerts that he performed in Jamaica. Uh, the first one, um, which is kind of a, f- a few years earlier, um, after it, there was this attempt on Bob Marley's life. So afterwards, he decided to kind of flee to London, uh, which at the time, you know, in the 70s would have been kind of dominated by the punk music scene. Uh, we follow riots in the streets and Bob Marley is kind of reflecting on how, you know, it's just like home and stuff like this. Um, and it was kind of during this time that he really launched to international star- stardom. You know, we see him developing, working on the album um, Exodus, which ended up being majorly influential and performing all over Europe before he eventually like comes back to uh, Jamaica and he's kind of learned about his cancer diagnosis at this point. So I thought it was quite interesting that they decided to take that period of Bob Marley's uh, life and career. Um, His background now is kind of contextualised through um, flashbacks and stuff like that. But um, yeah, this film, it's generally quite enjoyable. I love Quite enjoyable um, only. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I did... 
it's not perfect. So I do think that there's a better film or perhaps series to be made of Bob Marley's life. But the music scenes were great. I thought that in the in the scenes that were set in Jamaica, those for me absolutely stood out. You felt like you could really get lost in the place and the people, the language and the culture. And speaking of the language, I thought that that was particularly well done. And because whenever Bob Marley is kind of speaking with his um, wife or friends away from Westmer, Westerners, they kind of use Jamaican patois, which you really have to kind of listen to and pay attention to in order to capture all of it. You know, it is quite a distinct language. And I thought that that was quite interesting. I did feel like the film kind of struggled between being authentic and um, particularly in the portrayal of like Barb Mar- Bob Marley and Jamaica and kind of his cultural and language and religious influences and then kind of the generic conventions that come with the musical uh, biopic. It could sometimes be a bit too generic and unfocused and I thought it was interesting that the director of this also did um, King Richard with Will Smith a few years back because I also thought that that film kind of suffered sometimes from being a bit generic, a bit unfocused or maybe focused on the wrong things, if that makes sense. Um, It's also kind of a little bit slow moving, but at the same time, I also thought, well, maybe that kind of mirrors the whole chill. Don't worry about a thing. (laughs) That is kind of all uh, Bob Marley. And in fairness, I I have to praise the performances as well. Shanna Lynch is great in this as Bob Marley's wife, Rita, as is Kingsley Ben Adir, who plays uh, Bob Marley himself. His last credit was Secret Invasion, which is another superhero disaster. So it's great to see him. Um, What's the music like in it? His his music is sensational. So how is that all captured? Oh, it's gorgeous. And especially when you see those scenes where they're like just jamming and ad-libbing the music a bit together and really kind of developing uh, the sound because um, Bob Marley was all about saying that uh, saying that his music and the message, they're all the same. So I thought that those scenes were particularly good and they really kind of stood out to me. I think part of the reason why um, this isn't doing as well with the critics is because of, you know, some of the issues that I mentioned there. But at the same time, it's getting really good audience scores. And I think that that bodes well in terms of how the kind of average film goer is going to enjoy it. And another thing I have to say about it is like, look, this guy's songs and his message of peace and harmony, it could be more relevant now today than it's ever been. So it's an important movie, I think. Um, Look forward to seeing it. Um, Fanula, we mentioned Will Smith there. I I have to say now, since the incident, um, he's managed to make his way back into the world, hasn't he? Yeah, he's just been uh, announced as starring in an action thriller called Sugar Bandits that seems to be getting a bit of buzz. Yeah. We don't really know much about the film other than it's based on a novel called Devils in Exile by Chuck Hogan. Um, it, Smith is producing it for Westbrook Studios, but like he's a lot of other projects coming out. I know he had that other one that was on Apple TV. I can't remember if it was a movie or a series. I think it was called Emancipation. That was kind of, I don't want to say it was rushed out after sure. the slap, but I mean, he is a... He is a the slap. <laughs> the slap. You were calling it the incident. I was like, let's call it what it was. I think the slap is a better thing to yeah. call it, all right, yeah. Um, Sounds like a film, though. But like, I, I it think will be a film. It will be a film. <laughs> I cannot wait for that film. Um, but he seems to be kind of... T- the comeback seems to be, or whether they're calling it a comeback, he he seems to be kind of making his way back into the public consciousness with these, like the fourth film in the Bad Boys franchise is due at some point. Do we need a fourth film of that franchise? Great question. Not sure. And a sequel to I Am Legend, which I completely forgot about, but I think we did talk about a couple of weeks ago. Do we need that? Again, not really sure. Yeah, A new dog, I guess. A new dog, yeah. (laughs) Oh no, not the dog. That's all I know about that movie. Sorry for spoilers, but it has been out a while. It's been out too long. Very good. Uh, Fanula Dandre, thank you all very much for that. Uh, Lovely seeing you all. Uh, That's it. They were leaving you with a Give you a controversial text, do I? 
Uh, uh, yeah. Barry Keoghan doesn't deserve a Best Actor award for Saltburn. He wasn't even the best actor in Saltburn. Oh, I actually do agree with that. Sorry, Connor that's not controversial. Not yeah. that controversial at all. Um, 